Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. All right, so today's episode, I wanted to do it because I did my post, um, I'm sure you've seen it, the one about when you should take a step back and it's blown up on TikTok. Now I say blown up because it's blown up for me. With positive comments, I hope. It, it's had positive and negatives. I'm trying to find the post now. So for me, it, it's a blown up for me because I don't think any of my videos on Instagram or TikTok have had this many views. It's had 33.1K views. What? That's awesome. Yeah. Everyone, there's so many people commenting. I've had people reaching out for advice and I thought maybe we should, it's time for us to do an episode on it. But I want to, I do want to invite Laurie to come on and give more information on it. For anyone who doesn't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Laurie from Nacho Kids. She's like the OG. Yeah, (laughs) she really is. And she's given me so many helpful tips just when I've been struggling with certain situations on how, how I can better the situation. So I thought maybe we could start by talking about when the time is to take a step back. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Because I I know for a long time I was like, we don't nacho in my house. We're not nachoing. That's not how we work. And I know you've said you haven't really had to take a step back. Not really. Um, So my list of things, and these are just things that have related to me, which were having pushback from your stepkids, which... I have from one, not the other. Yeah. You find yourself questioning if it's worth the stress anymore. Yeah, that's a huge one. My favorite is Biomom is acting like a Karen. Yes. And that's kind of where I disengaged on some level, but I see it more as like setting boundaries than disengaging. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of both. Like the whole disengaging is setting boundaries. Right. I'll touch on more in a moment. The others on my list were your relationship is struggling. You find it hard to find joy within your blended family. You no longer remember the last time when you were truly happy. I ended the last one. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was like, I didn't write that one. And when you feel yourself being taken advantage of. I get people um, in my inbox with that one a lot. Yeah. And I, I have a current situation going on at the moment. And a friend of mine, like a stepmom friend said, you know, has your husband always been like that relying on you to do everything for the kids? No, like he didn't always rely on me. Our situation changed and that became my job, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I stopped working. So, and he took on more responsibility with his job to make more money, to compensate for my lack of income. So that's why the kid's responsibility falls on me. But it was just funny because my husband was really struggling. He had, I had some appointments the last two weeks and he's had to do work and do kids stuff. (laughs) And he went into like full meltdown. He's like, oh my God, I can't do this. And especially the drive to and from the Gold Coast. Right. He's like, this is impossible. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I know appreciation for you. It is like, it's good when he sees it. But yeah, um, the friend of mine was like, you know, he's putting a lot on you for his kids, which he is, but that's a responsibility that I chose to take on. And I chose to take that on. So it allowed me to be a stay at home mom 
for our daughter. Right. And I mean, whether they're like technically your bio kids or not, it's like lots of people make that compromise or whatever with their partners where one of them works and one of them stays at home. So, I mean, if that works for your family, then it's not really being taken advantage of. No, but there can be times where, you know, I, I have people reach out to me in my inbox as well, where their husband just expects them to take on that role. Yes. That's what, that's kind of what like I get a lot where it's like, oh, like my husband or partner will just sit there and play video games and wants me to do everything with the kids and blah, blah, blah. And they're not doing anything really is the, is the problem there. That's a red flag for me. Just, you said Huge. video games and do nothing. That would yeah. be dad. So that's a big red flag for me. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, if you won't stand for the father of your biological children doing it, don't stand for like your partner who you don't have biological children with to do it. Yeah, I completely agree. Like they're the one taking advantage of you at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I guess in some ways I do have the kids take advantage of me and all that I do for them. And that's one reason why I did have to take a step back with little Jay because he no longer respected me or saw me as a parent. So once upon a time he did, now he doesn't. But he still expected me to cook him dinner and listen to him whinge about him not liking the food that I make him or make his lunches or wash his uniforms. And I went, you know what? No, you don't like the food that I'm cooking for the family. You make your own dinner. Mm -hmm. You don't want to eat the lunch I've packed you. You make your own lunch. And for a while there, he was making his own lunch. And he did for, I think, two nights. He tried making his own dinner, but he realized the only things he knows how to make is toast, packet (laughs) mac and cheese, and two-minute noodles. (laughs) and he got bored of that pretty quickly so he's stopped complaining and started eating when I cook (laughs) (laughs) that's funny but like the hours that my husband works he's not home to cook them dinner oh okay so I could have easily disengaged and told my husband you need to start cooking dinner for the boys I'll cook for big k miss k even big j because he he's a garbage disposal he eats everything I could have said you cook for little j but that's also unrealistic for our family dynamic where my husband's right. coming home at dinner time. Right. And that's how I learned how to cook was because I didn't want to eat the food my mom cooked. So I made my own. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a good, um, good learning experience either way for him. Well, it is. And it's not that I'm a bad cook. Let me clarify that. It's just that he is so fussy with his food. If it's not chicken nuggets and chips, he doesn't want to eat it. Or tin spaghetti. You know, it's come a long way. When I first met him, he only ate tin spaghetti, Vegemite on toast, which you Americans have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sausages, chicken nuggets and chips. That's all he ate. Oh my gosh. That's that's really to- really hard. <laughs> it is, but he's come a long way. So, and now, you know, two years ago, he almost set fire to my house trying to cook two minute noodles because he put them in the microwave without the water. Oh my God. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, not really, I guess, if you almost had your house caught on fire, but. It's funny now, and we tease him about it. Right. Every time he cooks noodles, it's like, don't forget the water. (laughs) Of course. That's never going to go away. But quite often, the other thing that sneaks into my inbox is women saying, I'm finding this stressful. How do I take a step back? How do I disengage? Yeah. They've, They've done the first part. They've figured out what causes them stress. Then they just need to remove 
remove that stress. Yeah. I get that it can be difficult figuring out how to do that. Yes, it definitely is. And a lot of times partners see it as like a direct, like, I don't know, like insult or something to them or the kids where like they don't want, like they, they're acting like they don't want to be a part of the family because I feel like men are kind of dramatic in that way. I know I struggle with that. If I say one thing that I don't like that my stepson is doing, my, my husband takes it as like a personal attack. Absolutely. And my husband used to as well until he realized the severity of the issues that we were having. And it's also one of our listener responses to the question box I put on Instagram. It was how to do it without being told now you want nothing to do with the kids. Right. I struggled with this telling my husband because the first few times I said, I don't want little Jay here anymore. Probably not the best approach but there was physical violence involved. Let me clarify that to anyone who wants to come at me about me saying I didn't want my stepkid here anymore. Not only was he attacking my bio son, Big K, my final straw was when he attacked Miss K. Yeah. And she was, she had only just turned two at the time. I would freak out for sure. And that was my instant reaction was he's got to go or I'm gone. That's also one of the things that Laurie helped me work out the best way to approach the subject. just explaining how much stress my fears and not everyone is going to have this level of extreme behavior that they're trying to disengage from let me clarify that but for anyone who is I had to explain my fears very clearly and at first my husband took it as you hate my son Mm-hmm. And that's he is very much still my son, but I also have to protect the other kids. Right. And, you know, Big J doesn't even want to be around him at the moment. You know, he'd much rather be here when little J is with their mum and do the swap on opposite weeks because he doesn't want to be around him. That's sad. But that that's how bad his behavior is. So all I wanted to do was protect the kids. And at that yeah. point in time, I said it the wrong way. And I slowly, with help from Laurie on, and this is just turning into a whole podcast episode on let's divert from raising his kids and let's go to Nacho Kids. <laughs> but just talking to her about the way to approach it and steps that I could take. And it was little things like, okay, I had to recognize that he did, he no longer saw me as a parent. Even though once upon a time he did, he no longer saw me as a parent and I had to try and rebuild that relationship and having me discipline him or just doing any parenting motherly jobs. And especially because I was doing the motherly jobs that their biological mother was lacking. Right. And I thought I was doing it to compensate for her shortcomings. And although it was received well from Big J, it wasn't received well from Little J because he was getting that attention from the wrong mother figure in his life, not who he wanted it from. Right. And since I've taken that step back, things have improved with that relationship. You know, he sends me text messages when he's in the other house. He hugs me when he's here. He, I dropped him off at school last week and he's like, bye, I love you. I can't wait to come home to you. Mm-hmm. Six months ago, he was telling me how much he hated me and how much he hated his father and we were the worst people in the world. Wow. So, I mean, it does work. Disengaging does work. And it's not always with the stepkids. Like you said, you've had to disengage and set up boundaries when it comes to Biomom, to Karen. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I've set up some of my own boundaries and I disengage by removing myself from a lot of the communication. Yeah. That's what I had to do. (laughs) That's something that you can disengage from. And I took a step back from that. I also had to disengage on the other side of my co-parenting relationship with my son's biological father and his stepmother and just realize I just have to give them bare minimum information. If he chooses not to come to a doctor's appointment, that's on him. It's also no longer my responsibility to follow that up and go, hey, do you want to have a conversation about the results? No, you get the results from the doctor. You follow it up with the doctor. You can contact the doctor for the results not my responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard because you're not getting like any kind of cooperation with that, where if he was cooperating with it, then it would be a lot easier to like keep sending that. But that's really difficult. And I was turning into a person I didn't like, and I was becoming high conflict because I was sending messages going, we need to talk about this. There's this appointment. Are you coming to this appointment? Oh, the doctor needs to talk to you about this. And it was just met with cold, hard silence. (laughs) Yeah, that is so hard. We're like, um, we're like dealing with like kind of that from like the other end where my stepson's having like doctor's appointments. We're not getting all of the information. She's just like giving us like bits and pieces of information and then putting the rest of it on Facebook. So I'm like, she friend requested me a while ago. And so I like saw it on Facebook and I was like, okay, well, we didn't get all this information that she's putting on Facebook. And then she's like wanting us to like give her more money than what, like we have to pay half of the bills, but she's like, oh, I need more help financially. And we're like, we're not even getting all the information from you. Why? Like, how are we going to be giving you more money? And like, it's absolutely insane. That is insane. That's so stupid. Your husband doesn't even have joint medical say, does he? Technically, he's supposed to like have a say, but she gets final say. Yeah. Um, But she doesn't even tell us when he's sick or like when he has an appointment. And then she was like, um, during my baby shower, she was like, oh, the doctor has an appointment. My husband was um, at, he was like playing in like a band thing. So he didn't have his phone on him. And she was texting and she was like, oh, I need to know this information. And then we didn't answer because we were both busy. And an hour later, she's like, so how come you can ignore me? And we're like, we're not ignoring you. We didn't even know you were going to this appointment. Like if she had told yeah. us he was sick and had an appointment, then we would have like been more available. But we didn't even know. See, that's frustrating. And this is a little bit off topic, but I think it's important to say, especially for our Australian listeners who are probably unaware, the new government are trying to abolish equal shared parental responsibility. What? Yeah. Why? Like, what would be the benefit? It's basically meaning so in cases like mine, where I have an ignorant high conflict bio dad who is refusing to communicate and where I can't legally make a decision decision to medicate my child or do anything like that without him agreeing it's to kind of stop that but at the same time it's giving way to the Karens in the world yeah to make all the decisions without having to consult the other parent yeah exactly that sucks so that's a side note maybe I should record an episode with some Australian stepmoms and we can talk about that a bit more yeah you should that would be a good episode for the Australian um listeners all right so I touched on it a little bit when talking about my situation but I also also stole this from one of Laurie's posts so we should share this in our stories when the episode airs yeah 
Definitely. Um, and it benefits of disengaging and taking a step back, which is it allows for healing. It allows you to form a positive relationship with your stepkids. And then with you, it creates a less stressful environment at home. It allows you to build trust with your stepkid and your marriage can get stronger. Yes. I think that's super important. And it goes with any of the disengaging. Are you disengaging from yeah. the stepkids? Are you disengaging from the high conflict bio mom? All of those things are really good benefits for all of Yes. Especially um, like the last two, building trust and keeping your marriage stronger. Like if you need to like take a step back, even if it's temporary to get like your relationship back on track, it's totally worth it. And I think I I became a stepmom when my stepson was a baby. So he's always seen me as like some sort of parental figure. But I feel like if you come into the picture a little bit later, they don't trust you right away. Like if they're a little bit older. So I think that if you just try to jump in and I have no experience in this, so correct me if I'm wrong. But if you just try to jump in when they're older and be a parent, they're not just going to like accept that the way like a baby would. That's absolutely, I believe it's right. And, you know, even though the boys were older, they were five and seven, we didn't have them 40% of the time. We had them every second weekend. So we were basically Disneyland dad and Disneyland stepmom. We did all the fun stuff on the weekends because that's all we had them for. Mm -hmm. And then that shifted when they came to live with us more and that's where my role changed and I was doing more and things were still good for about two years it was just after court and the parental alienation that the boys had to endure that's where things got worse right and you know I said it on one of I think it was the last episode little Jay has only faint memories of his mum and dad together he actually would have more core memories of his dad and I together whereas big Jay was that little bit older when his parents separated he still has those core memories of when they were together. So it's only natural for him to still be confused about why aren't they together and mm-hmm. why is mum happier with my stepdad and why is my dad happier with my stepmom? And they're all valid questions for a kid. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even my stepson who never knew his parents together had those questions too. Yeah, it's just, it's only natural. And the biggest thing I've always said about anyone who's new to getting into a blended family is go at the kid's pace. Mm-hmm. You know, I did. I went at the kids' pace. Then we hit a roadblock and I had to do a th- complete 360 with only one of my stepsons just to be able to heal and fix and be able to move forward. And, and another listener responded with it as well. And it's also what Laurie talks about is disengaging will look different for everyone and it doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. And that's why I, we really do need to talk to Laurie and try and get her on an episode with us because we're both spoken to her before right. where she can explain the nacho method a bit better especially better than what you and I can because yeah. so many say nacho kids nacho problem which it's not that it's nacho kids nacho responsibility right. and it all about taking that step back reevaluating, and then re-engaging when the family units had time to heal yeah I mean she talks about how that saved her entire relationship and family so yeah I mean it works for sure and she's helped so many people do the exact same thing absolutely they're just yeah so many people misunderstand what the method is and what disengaging is and what stepping back means it doesn't mean that you're throwing your hands in the air and you're giving up on your stepkids and you don't love them and you don't care about them it means that you're willing to be an adult and you're willing to take that step back and figure out what works better for them right and I mean even in your case like you have to parent kids differently anyway even if they're your 
your bio kids. So if it happens that you only have to disengage with one, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, it's not like you're completely ignoring that kid and only focusing on their siblings. It's just a different type of relationship. Absolutely. And not only do I have a combination of a yours, mine, and ours, I also have neurodiverse children in my home. So regardless of who they belong to, they have to be parented different. Right. Because what works with one child does not work with the other child. And, you know, BK takes everything so literally that you, it's almost as if you have to simplify everything and dumb it down to the simplest level because otherwise he just doesn't get it. Right. You know, if I go, I'll go clean your room. He walks in and he goes, oh, my, my room is clean because there's nothing on the floor. He doesn't see it as wipe down your bedside tables and get rid of your knickknacks or the lolly wrappers that are sitting there. He he walks in his room and goes, the floor's clean. My room's clean. And he walks back out. So it doesn't matter whose children they are. You have to parent them different. Yeah, exactly. Even like um, when we were kids, we all had the same mom and dad and all of us had to be parented differently. We have completely different personalities. Like we're all so different that like you just have to find what works for each of them, I guess. Absolutely. And stepping back, I just have to reiterate it. Stepping back does not mean that you don't love them. Yeah. You know, you may not like them at times. I don't like my own bio kids at times. I was going to say. <laughs> you know, but I'm sick of all the false information out there that says stepping back is giving up on them. Yeah, I completely agree. Because you're like, sometimes that's the step you have to take so you don't give up on them or your relationship or your family in general. Like sometimes it's either disengaging or leaving the relationship altogether. Yeah. And after you put in so many years and so much time and so much effort, do you really want to walk away from your relationship? Right. Nobody right. does. That's like the whole reason that you're a stepmom to begin with is because you want to be with this person. So nobody wants to give that up. No. All right. So I've got here tips on how to keep the boundaries going after disengaging and not falling back to old ways or how it was before. Also how to address disengaging with your spouse in a loving support supportive manner to avoid defensiveness or hurt feelings for him. So we did kind of touch on that before as well. Yeah. That was a long Well, I mean, in order to not hurt his feelings, I feel like you need to like start a conversation with like, I don't know, like something along the lines of like, I'm not saying this to hurt you or anything. I'm just trying to make our relationship better. What I have learned in my experience, when you preface something with something that explains that first, he takes it better. He doesn't see it as like an automatic, like it came out of nowhere. And like now it's like he's taking a defensive stand towards it because my husband was so bad about that where it's like I literally was like um you need to make him stop peeing on the toilet seat and it was like oh my kid can't do anything right and I'm like I just don't want pee on the toilet seat like it's not that serious (laughs) but um so we've come a long way from that and I feel like prefacing it with saying like something along the lines of like this isn't an attack this isn't anything that anyone is doing wrong it's just something that I need to do for myself yeah and you've just given me a really good idea for a post that I can make because it's been a long time since I've done just like one of my little graphic posts mm-hmm. but it just reminded me it's a it's a tool that I learned in business working in management and how to manage people it's called the PNP method positive negative positive that's it oh yes we start with you can relate it to step parenting and conversations with your spouse about your stepkids. You start with the positives, then you bring up the negatives, and then you end on the positive. Yeah, because that's perfect. They, they see the positives. You go, you know, for example, I don't know. You start by saying something that you really love about your stepkid or the way your stepkid does something. And then you go into, but like you said, they're always 
peeing on the toilet seat. Yeah. We need to work on that. How is that going to fix it? I feel like it's not my responsibility to do that. And I feel like it needs to come from you. And then roll back into something else positive about the stepkid. Yeah. That, like, not necessarily, like, that method or whatever, but learning how to phrase things completely saved so much conflict in our relationship. Absolutely. And every time I bring something up with my husband now, I go back to, I don't think that the boys would appreciate hearing it from me. I think they would appreciate it more coming from you. And for example, I refuse to touch Big J's bedding. I feel like he's at an age where he needs to deal with his own bedding himself. Uh And I've told him that and I will not wash his sheet. I'll help him start the washer. That's fine. He needs to strip his bed and put it in there. I'm happy to hang them out while he's at school. I just don't want to touch them when he's been sleeping on them because teenage boys. Yeah, no thanks. (laughs) And I went into the boys' room the other day and it stunk. And I said to my husband, when the boys come home, can you please talk to them about when they leave? Because I'm not going to wash their bedding before they get there. I probably could, but they'll just whinge at me that they have to make their beds when they get there after stripping them. So I said to him, just when the boys come back, can you remind them when they leave that they need to strip the bedding off their bed and it can get washed while they're gone? Yeah. Because the children are more responsive when it comes from their bio parent. Yes, 100%. And it's even something that my husband said to Big K tonight. He, He spoke to him, but he went, hey, mate, you've left dirty clothes on your floor, your towels on your floor. Can you please go in there and pick it up? Because I know if your mother sees it, she's going to yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> so even though he's asking him to do it because I was busy, I was doing notes for the podcast. So my husband was doing the parenting, but he's also reminding the child that they're doing something that the bio parent doesn't like. Right. Yeah, that's a really good way to do it. And I mean, I have a I have a whole blog post coming of like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I think that is the key to disengaging, com- like a conversation about disengaging. It all has to be how you say it. Yes, it is. It's all about how you say it. And so and another listening question that we have is how do you stop yourself from being involved when you can see your partner struggling? That one's really hard. It is. I also wonder like what they mean like what is he struggling with like is it with the parenting or is it with bio mom or if if they're struggling with the parenting then let them struggle because they need to figure out how to be a parent Mm -hmm. if they don't like how you parent the kids then they need to figure out how they want to parent the kids if it's with the Karen in your life then there's not much you can do other than support them yeah I was gonna say that too and I, I know I'm not really giving any tips on how to support but just be there for them and offer them advice and and let them talk to you about it. But once again, limit that communication. Yes. Allowing that 30 minute window once a week to talk about the bullshit going on. Right. Yeah. And I think that's um, important to let him like vent about that stuff. Because I mean, if it was somebody else, you would let him vent. Like if it was somebody at work treating him that way, you would let him vent. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to vent about his ex. But not addressing bio mom about it is probably the best thing that either of you could do. Like just don't respond to her whatever and just keep it between you two absolutely if if it doesn't need a response then don't respond yes that's a motto in our house yeah that was something that I really struggled with I felt like every piece of communication needed to be responded to this is back when Big K's dad did communicate (laughs) I felt like I had to respond to everything my husband said why that didn't warrant a response you don't need to thank him for being a parent you don't need to thank him for telling you what's happened that's just 
just a given. You don't need to respond. Thanks. Because I was trying to make that happy co-parenting relationship. So I was being overly polite all the time. And I would send thank you messages and thank you emails. And it doesn't need a response. Don't right. respond. That, that's something that we talked about too. Not necessarily with like the thank yous or whatever, but he like felt like he needed to respond to every single message she sent. And I was always like, you could, especially with like the iPhones where you could just like um, react to it. It's like, just do that. It doesn't need a, its own message. Like acknowledge that you saw it fine, but it's a, not everything needs a message. Correct. And that that was one of the issues that I had with Big K's dad is that he doesn't acknowledge. He no longer acknowledges when he sees the messages, which is why I made him go to the parenting app so I can at least see when he's seen the message so I know he's seen it. Oh, I didn't realize you could. Yeah. So it sends, it tells you what time that, they che- that they've seen it and the last time they were on the parenting app. Oh, okay. Well, at least you know, I guess. Because he was with Samsung, I was with iPhone. So I I couldn't see when he was like, he didn't have read receipts or anything. So I couldn't tell when he was reading text messages. So we moved to Facebook Messenger, but then he would just leave me on unread. So annoying. So I was like, oh, there's got to be a way around this. And now I know like the parenting app, okay, he's seen the message, but it's like the other week where he didn't acknowledge the the thing that I'd asked him to do. And then Big K's walking around the school going, "Uh, where's my mom? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so not fair. That's an example example of where a reaction or a response needs to take place yeah just yeah I definitely agree yeah but unfortunately for like this uh listener question is like there's not a lot that you can do either way other than being a supportive partner which is hard like I've had to like like see bio mom borderline bullying my husband and then all you can do is support like it's heartbreaking sometimes so um it sucks but all you can do is be there for him yeah and I'm probably not the best person because when Karen doing this crap with my husband I tell him to stop being a pushover (laughs) harden up stop it you know just tell her what for so sometimes I'm not the most supportive person especially in the moment especially when I'm pissed off and she's doing something that I don't like right so do as Lauren does don't do as Tony does (laughs) well I mean I'm like I don't actually act on it but I'm pretty much always ready to like fight with somebody (laughs) because I'm like I grew up in a house where all we did was fight so it's like my natural reaction to things so I'm like I like so many times I want to be like, give me the phone. <laughs> like, I'll take care of this. But all oh, you can do is support them. <laughs> absolutely. So many times I want to do the same thing, but I don't. Like, right. The other week I read a message over Big J's shoulder where he was acting as if he was the other parent and he was messaging his mom going, oh, how's little J for you this afternoon? Is he being good for you? Is he behaving? And I wanted to just take that phone out of his hand and be like, you are not the parent. And then I wanted to call her and I wanted to abuse her for allowing that behavior but that's what she does instead of responding she could have responded with something like yeah he's okay you don't need to worry about that that's not your responsibility she just fed into it and it's just like that is not okay that is crazy does he feel like some sort of like responsibility or something or yes he's the one that she's targeted with her emotional parentification right and the alienation hasn't worked with him but the emotional parentification has and he comes into our house and he feels like he needs to parent the young kids we're oh. constantly pulling him up on you are not the parent be a kid ask, yeah ask me 
watch your siblings while we duck to the shop or while we have a shower is not the same as what you're doing here where you're trying to inflict discipline. Right. Like he actually does. He'll go, Lil J, if you do that again, you can go to your room. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. It makes you just think what's going on in that other house. Yeah, a hundred percent. Especially if she's completely unwilling to discipline either one of them. Like at some point she may just leave it up to him. I think she does. And I think that's why it's gotten so bad. And I think that's, that's why he doesn't want to be around him because it's like a heavy weight. Yeah. You know, if his brother's acting out, it doesn't just impact him because he doesn't just have to watch that his brother's physically attacking his mum or his siblings or anyone in this house. He then feels that he's responsible to parent that behavior. And how does a 12-year-old parent a 10-year-old? Right. You can't. That's so crazy. That poor kid. It's crazy. On that note, I think we should go to Stepmom's Anonymous. Okay, let's do it. All right. So from my post that I made, I had a stepmom reach out and say, how do you take a step back while being the stepmom? My boyfriend is currently back in court with Biomom and it's been a and it's been a year of hell just going through evidence and still dealing with her mean messages every other day. I try not to involve myself, but while she's attacking me over the parenting app constantly and telling us how awful we are, it's hard not to. Sometimes I just don't know if it's worth it and feeling very, very drained right now with all of it. It's starting to affect all aspects of my daily life. That is so unfair. It is. And I ask for more information. You know, is she needing, um, is she wanting to disengage from just Karen or is she wanting to disengage from the child as well and she said she's dragging the kid into it as well so now I'm hearing it from her too and she's only four. Oh no yeah that's so unfair to the kid it is it, it's so unfair I hate it when people bring the kids into it and yeah. my advice about the kid was saying especially because they're still so young was saying things in response to things that are said by the child would be that doesn't sound like something daddy or stepmom would say you know depending on what it is it's, it's really hard to go into that but then she went on to say yeah we do say things like that but holy cow I'm exhausted I'm at the point where I need to distance myself from the situation but it's so hard to do that in a way I wish he would settle outside of court for less than he wants just to be able to end this battle but I know he would be so sad if I suggested it he's currently trying to get 50 50 and of course she's saying no and I think at this point if it were me I would settle for 40% to just end it court got pushed back another six months and it's so mentally exhausting it is mentally exhausting and we were at that point too where we were ready to just like give up on what we actually wanted because we couldn't take we were there for over two years and we just couldn't take it anymore but we kept going still didn't get what we wanted so (laughs) we we were there for a year we were lucky that we had a good solicitor and she was self-represented so when it came to the crunch, our solicitor got her to agree to, we maintained 40% care, but after two more years of 40% care, then it went to 50-50 because she knew that if if she didn't agree to that, we were going to keep fighting for 50-50 because it's what the boys wanted and it's what's in their best interest. I still right. to this day think if Big K's dad was to hit me up and go, I want 50-50 care, if it's what Big K wants, go for it. But right. yeah, he cancelled another midweek dinner visit. What's your... So, um? 
Like, how much time do each of you get? It's every other weekend and one midweek dinner? Yeah, so it's, I think on paper, it's like I have 86% care. Okay. So he has three nights a fortnight, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then every second Wednesday because he said he couldn't commit to every Wednesday dinner. What else are you doing on Wednesdays that you can't commit? Yeah. That's annoying, but whatever. And, And he's his own boss now. He started a business, which he doesn't know that I know and if Karen 2.0 is still listening now she knows that I know so that's what makes it worse right you're self-employed and you still don't make that time for your son yeah yeah that's really sad poor kid it is so I did suggest to this stepmom the disengaging part from the conflict with Karen because I know that as much as you want to fight back when something nasty is said about you it's not in the best interest so I did suggest that talking to her spouse about not responding to anything that's not child focused so if there's something nasty said just ignore it pretend it's not that yeah we do the same we had to thankfully we haven't had too much of that nasty name calling business on either part that's good that's really nice but sometimes things used to get snarky but never to that point and I've said some things that I regret in the past but water under the bridge I guess you know right cut back but yeah focusing on only the messages relating to the kid and I also told her about our handy tip what you and I do which is the scheduled time to talk about Karen right so she said that she was going to let me know she was going to do it and she was going to let me know if it worked so we'll keep us updated on that that um it surprises me that they're getting that much like of those messages during court like for us our both of our lawyers uh were going through both my husband's phone and bio mom's phone like just their messages to each other to like find evidence but they had like access to go through like everything like just the messages so like as far back as they wanted so we weren't getting those messages while we were in court at all it was like the most peaceful time to communicate with her ever she did try to call a lot but our lawyer advised us not to take phone calls because she could say whatever she wanted and it wasn't documented so we didn't take those but it surprises me that she's still doing that while they're in court while she's trying to get what she wants and they're using a parenting app and I know when I started using a parenting app, I tried it out. I signed myself up. I signed my husband up and I tried it out to see how it worked. And I was sending some nasty messages and it they got flagged. Oh so, yeah. I've heard that too. And mine's only a free one. I don't use our family wizard because I can't afford the subscription for it. So I use another app, but it just It could be in the wording, though. You know how some people are just good with words? That's how our Karen is. (laughs) If it doesn't have, you know, if it's not straight out nasty, the app's not going to flag it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it might be worth it for her to turn off the notifications for the parenting app and then not even have that communication at all. And then just have her partner, like you said, respond to only kid-related messages. Yeah. So I should touch base with her and just check how things are going. I did message her today to make sure it was okay to read this. Oh. I forgot to check in with her to see how she's going. So my bad. (laughs) We just had the conversation like a day or two ago about how it's not even worth defending yourself against her. Like my husband always wants to like defend himself. Like in what we were having, she was saying that he didn't pay his part of the bills or whatever. And like he did and it's all documented, but I'm like, it's not worth defending yourself to her. Like just like let it go. 
because it's not going to do anything but set her off. What I would do is I'd send a copy of the receipt of payment. That's what we do because we keep everything. So like we have like a whole Google Drive folder where it's like the copy of the bill she sent, which is always just like a photograph. And then we take like the little like ACH thing from his bank account and like put it over it and have we have got like the date and the time and everything. And we're like, oh, nope. See, this was paid. This was paid. So that is what we do. And we just send it. But I'm like, just send that to her. You don't need to defend yourself. No, just send that. That's what I do. Every time when we when we were splitting finances with Karen mm-hmm. before child support went up, we we just send the receipt. And yeah. even now on some of the payments where because dad and I sometimes split payments for things, I send him the receipt when I've paid for something in full. He never sends the money back. But then I just keep a tally because on the odd occasion that he does pay for something first, then I go, oh, but you still owe me money from this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when he does pay it, you know, or when I do pay him, it's like, here's the receipt. Keep your yeah. receipt. Oh, yeah. Uh, all of them. It's like, that is something nobody warned me about with being a step parent is that you have to keep track of literally everything. And yeah. it that is tiring. <laughs> I got to the point where it was, my calendar was so cluttered. I had to buy a family planner, like an organizer, like where it was like two pages is one month. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Own column Because it's a family of six. And it's just like, oh my God. And I'm already, I've already put in everything up to December. For this year? Yeah. Oh my and God. I'm already almost full up to April and we're the first day of March. Yeah. That sounds about right. That's crazy with, not only is it a big family, it's like twice blended. So lots of uh, complications, I guess. Everyone's coming and going and this person's got to be here and that person's got to be there. And it just reminded me of one of the things that my husband had to do was on Tuesday because I had an appointment. He had to leave work early to pick Big J up to get him to football practice because Karen doesn't facilitate that. And he was like getting, we have the Harry Styles concert here in Australia at the moment and Uh traffic was absolutely buggered. And my husband was getting the shits with me because traffic was fucked and he was sitting in the car for over an hour, not moving. And Um. I said, this could be solved if you would just tell her she needs to get him to practice. It's her day. You know, at some point she needs to be a parent and she, he just goes, oh, but we know the answer and it's going to be no, she doesn't do it. It's like, we'll let her let him down. Go, hey, mate, Tony can't pick you up. I'm stuck in traffic. Mum's refusing to take you. You're not going to training today. Yeah, that's horrible that like she just straight up doesn't take him. That no. absolutely blows my mind. No, if it doesn't benefit her or her husband, she doesn't do it. That's such a shame. Yeah. Did I tell you about last week? No, we we haven't spoken. No. Oh so this is a perfect example of if it doesn't benefit her or her husband, she doesn't do it. And if it's going to negatively impact the kids, she does it. She she got the kids back on Wednesday. Now, little Jay was in a good mood, but somewhat grumpy because he gets anxious every time he transitions out. But he went to school fine, picks him up, picks Big Jay up. Then they drive an hour to a different state to visit her husband who's working in a state. And then she thought it would be a good idea to to drive her emotionally challenged child past their old family home. Oh no, why? And then the next morning he woke up swearing at her, punching her, having a full meltdown. And then he got a two-day detention at school that day. Oh my God. And then she made my husband discipline him. What? So she's like barely, just barely parenting at all. And we had a little bit of a disagreement about that. 
No, he's just left us. He didn't get in any trouble at school when he was with us. Mm. Why should you have to punish him for something he did on her time? Right. And even after my husband's had, she's called and gone, oh, your dad's going to discipline you, put him on the spot. The next day, Miss Kay's called him after school and I was like, oh, he may not answer because he's in trouble at the moment. Here he is playing Xbox. What? So she's not even like following up on your husband's punishments? No. No, why even bother? She does doesn't lecture the child she doesn't or either of the children she doesn't lecture them really she doesn't inflict any sort of discipline and yeah she calls my husband and gets him to do it and then she's once again the faded household because the punishments don't stick right yeah of course so she's like almost manipulating the situation to make him look like the bad guy and then not even following through so she looks like even better absolutely and that's another reason why I've taken that step back and I've taken that step back with Big J as well is if they do something wrong in the other home, I don't even bring it up with them unless of course, you know, like when he was sneaking out, like yeah. telling him that the next time you do it, make sure you have your phone on you. Right. Like other than that, I don't bring it up unless of course there's a safety concern or I have a way to try and help them. I don't bring it up. Yeah, we don't either. We're a big, uh, different rules have different house. I mean, different houses have different rules and you can't parent from both households. So unless it's like something really serious, which hasn't happened yet her punishments don't really stick at our house well that's what i don't get though it wasn't something very serious yes he got a two-day detention but why can't you do the parenting why can't you do the disciplining yeah why do you have to call his father just because your husband's not home oh yeah that's sad (laughs) it's ridiculous like big k got his very first detention last week i didn't call his dad i disciplined him yeah of course because that's normal (laughs) i disciplined him we dealt it we moved on he knows not to do it again and not to get another detention. Right. So, but That's- I think half of it, he did it just to show off to the boys because he called them and went, I got a detention because they're always getting detentions. And I'm like, unacceptable for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and it was for something stupid. He was playing in the rain. He has detention for playing in the rain? Yeah, because they're not allowed to go outside in the rain because then they're at school wet. A detention seems excessive though. Yeah, it was just a lunchtime detention. So we just oh, had him okay. on lunchtime play. Okay. But, you know, that's all our detentions are. They don't do after-school detentions or anything here. They're always really? just you sat on lunch. Oh, that's crazy. We had, like, after-school detention and Saturday detention, depending on what you did. And Saturday was, I, like, a five-hour detention. I think schools here should introduce that because maybe my stepkids would stop getting detentions. Yeah. Yeah, if it didn't – or if it impacted more of their day, I bet it would. Absolutely. If they had to stay at school after school or go in on a Saturday, they'd start behaving. Yeah. Probably. So, but yeah, it's just missing out on lunch. So they just go, oh, whatever. Yeah, they don't care that much. <laughs> no. But I think we are out of time again. I think so. So once again, thank you for writing in. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you like to listen. And don't forget to leave us a review. Bye. Bye.